Hey guys, welcome to Cancel This, CancelTheShow.com. I'm Vic Faust with Lizzie Sparks, Projo in the house as well. It is a Wednesday. Um, it is 8.04 Central Time. We're here Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Central and all the time on our website, CancelTheShow.com. Uh, appreciate you guys jumping in for the live cast. You guys make the show. Uh, Don says, Vic can scratch the beat. Um, maybe. Yeah, you can. I've never tried. People are going to come to the party tomorrow night and watch you dance no, to oh, the beat. Oh, no. He's no, going to do it, guys. No. You show up, he's going to dance. Only only if people are dropping uh, Benjamins. That could happen. <laughs> that could only happen. people are making it rain. <laughs> well, you could wear your Speedo and they could, you know, drop their dollars right there. <laughs> um, anyway, it is Wednesday. <laughs> we got uh, Ham and Crew coming in from Route 66 Cannabis. They come in on Wednesdays, 9.30. Kathy Elbig Strick, Steve Strick, our friends, talking real estate, talking mortgage. Uh, there was a, a mortgage report that was released yesterday, interesting about the year 2024. Also talk new age health wellness. Uh, you, did you give an update last week when they were in about your, your journey? Just a little bit. Just I, a little bit. I would bit. like to talk again, review yours, just to remind people from that standpoint. Yeah, all good. Get your blood tested going there. Uh, we're packed as always because in the year 2023, in December, as we close out this year, uh, there, there's more stuff going on on a daily basis than I can ever remember. Mm -hmm. I'm not kidding. I mean, like big stories, like big, major monster stories yeah. going on. In my 25 years of uh, being a, a news anchor and then doing this show and radio, I mean, there's just so much. Uh, right off the bat last night, Trump, I mean, he absolutely sizzled in Iowa. Yeah. We'll get into that. A very another weird comment from Joe Biden. Just mm. very, very, very weird. Uh, as a parent, how would you feel if your 11-year-old daughter <clears throat> went away on a cross-country trip and was told to sleep with a transgender in the bed? Do you have a problem with it? And you didn't know about it. I've got um, something to say about that for sure. When we it get to just that. and the parents did not know. We'll get into that situation. Mm -hmm. uh, at Ohio State University, they do have a class, a health class, where it is about you have to take it too, where white people have to address their whiteness. That is a class at a academic institution of higher learning. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can't make that stuff up. And just wait until you hear how many officers St. Louis City is short right now. It, it, it's massive. It is absolutely massive. There is some good news with new St. Louis Circuit Attorney uh, Gabe Gore, though. Yeah. Um, he, he, they're trying to make a dent in the amount of cases that were going unlooked at. We're going to get into unsolved or dealt with, just unlooked at. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got some numbers there. Uh, there's so many other things going on. If we get a chance to get into it, I can't remember. Lizzie, you found tons of stuff. Tons I did. Stuff. Joe brings up, um, I found a video that kind of put together a, a compilation of Joe Biden pro-China comments, and this will mm -hmm. blow your mind. And then you'll quickly see how and why and who he is so compromised by. All of these things are happening. Uh, as we get going this morning, do you want to thank our advertisers, our sponsors, um, right out of the gate, uh, Aminis in the Chesterfield Valley, your leading supplier in traditional infrared saunas and saltwater hot tubs. Um, love the saunas. Uh, they've got them from one to seven people, uh, talking about your health, heart circulation blood flow, how it's helping you live longer, live better, uh, feel better in every single way. That not only with the sauna, but the saltwater hot tubs as well. 
um, experienced real estate partners, Kathy Strick, Steve Strick. Of course, they'll be in a little bit later today. Route 66 Cannabis, they'll be in later today so we can focus on them. Solar City STL. I'm curious if anybody has uh, given them a call. If you have, let me know. I'd like to know how that experience has gone so far. Uh, gone so far. Really like and respect Justin Talavist over there and his company, Solar City STL, making renewable energy part of your life. Um, they said, let the heavy lifting be done by them. They do their own installations. They have several homes that have been done already. Um, if you have any questions, you can talk to either their homeowners as too. They'll connect you with that. Just a fantastic opportunity. Strategic Air Services, the premier private transportation providers in all things aviation from aircraft management. To concierge services and acquisition, also a terrific place to work if you're looking to work in the aviation industry and or be a pilot. We quit. Paige Measley was here yesterday, the peer-to-peer -peer rental marketplace where renters can go to search for items that they need in their neighborhood. Once again, it's a fun site to visit. If you need anything, check it out. Uh, also, if you have some items you think people might want to rent, let us know about that as well at WeQuip. And Winty's, of course, the original. The best pizza, burgers, wings, smoked meat you're going to find. Outdoor patio is amazing. We'll be there tomorrow night, 7 o'clock for a one-year celebration party and a holiday party. So if you want to come on out and join us, we'd love to see you. We'll be there hanging out. It's nothing formal. You know, just, just if you stop by, it'd be great. Great to see it. Great to take a pic. Great to say hi, catch up with people. Uh, I will get some name tags over there. So you, know, you can yeah, at least write we that. we put some names to faces for sure. Uh, just so some people know uh, from that standpoint, if you choose to wear yes. it, that's great. We appreciate it as well. Okay, it is Wednesday. What is the date today, guys? Is it the 6th? The 6th. Today. December 6th, moving through. Uh, not a lot of time left in December. Oh, I love the graphic there. And that has been on the right side. Very warm nice yes, place to go it's a warm place isn't it it's a warm <clears throat> friendly cozy place i love it yeah so we say good morning to everybody i appreciate you jumping in to get with everything i wanted to jump in today if it's all right with, with donald trump because he was sensational as he always is and i, I think he's getting better and better i do too with do media too. this i mean this break for him from president mm -hmm. was the best thing that could have ever happened for him personally correct for yeah. us, hell no. No. For this country, We're hell no. We're suffering because of it. But up until the point where he decided to run again, and of course is going through hell himself. Um, but wow, wow. Well, yeah, it's a Vic pick. That's yeah. exactly right, Derek. Yeah, um, meaning tomorrow. If you want a Vic pick, you yeah. can come tomorrow and get a Vic pick. So Donald Trump did his Iowa Town Hall last night with Sean Hannity. And you know what else? This is helping Sean Hannity. Oh, for sure, because he was kind of losing his zeal. Yeah, it was the rant, rant, rant. He really was. He um, really was. Yeah. So I, I credit Fox News for doing a good job of trying to rebrand Sean Hannity. I agree. In yep. these uh, mm -hmm. debates, so to speak, and then putting him with Donald Trump. And it's interesting because the people that associated with Donald Trump from a negative standpoint, maybe in the past, or at least it was rumored from a Tucker Carlson to a Sean Hannity, mm -hmm. they're all basically praising him and wanting to be around him. You betcha. And Donald Trump, as I said earlier to start this show, he just sizzled. Yeah, he did. He's so damn good because he knows what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. Been there, done that. There's nothing that's going to come my way that I can't handle. Yeah. And he has the perfect talent to just manipulate every situation. And when I say manipulate, meaning, okay, if you're going to do this to me, well, then I'm going to manipulate it back on you, media, and then be able to explain it. I mean, the yeah. guy got a standing ovation at the end. Yes. 
of his town hall. Mm-hmm. Now, I know there were Trumpers, but this is in Iowa, and he's going to blow Iowa out of the water. Yeah, he is. It's, I mean, I, I feel bad for the other candidates. And he did this on a day where now we're starting to see where Nikki Haley, not that they're ever legitimate competitors, right. is getting money from Democratic campaigns. Correct. She's literally Ron the DeSantis Bush of is getting and and Donald Trump even talked about it. Yeah. Ron DeSantis getting money from Democrats because they so don't want Donald Trump exactly. to win. Exactly. Exactly. You know who else the DeSantis camp has turned when Trump was running, you know, for the 2016, there were the never Trumpers that were in the Ted Cruz realm. That's now are the same people that are the Ron DeSantis. They're the never Trumpers that if I don't get my guy in that I'm just staying home. I'm taking my cookies and going home. That's what's going on with it. It is. You know, there was also, before we play the first song, uh, the first soundbite, I did also hear a report. There's a suburb in Atlanta where they're against both candidates. 54% of the people there don't want either candidate. What meaning who? Meaning Trump, who? Biden, either oh, leading either party. one of them. Okay. They're, yeah. they're, they're the double dissenters or the double yeah. doubters. Um, but that's a real thing. Yeah, it's it, a real thing. It is a real thing. But there's an anchor on ESPN. His name's Stephen A. Smith, uh, African-American man. He won't say it publicly, but the guy is Republican. Loves Fox News, loves Sean Hannity. Um, big mouth, uh, pretty smart. What I'm going to say is he's gone out. He did, And he was on Clay Travis uh, podcast the other day, mm-hmm. and he was talking about some of these things, and he's like, I'm going to tell you right now, and I know I speak for as a black man, and I speak to everybody. If you're one of these people who dares to say, well, I'm not going to vote, is like shame on you. Yeah, shame on shame you. Shame on you because so many people died for the right in this country to have your freedom, number mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And then he took it from everybody to being a black man or a black person uh, where you didn't get to vote for so long where you were slaves up until a certain point in time. Correct. And to just throw that away when so many people fought, died, lived horrible lives so that future generations didn't have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Everybody should be voting whether you like the candidates or not. Right. And he said he would be voting. And he wouldn't say who for, but I promise you it'll be Donald Trump. Yes. Just by the comments that he made. And this was a registered Democrat. So... Who knows? We'll see where it is. Here's Donald Trump <laughs> talking about the Nikki Haley situation and the campaign money that's coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Last-ditch efforts. Here it is. I just found out that Democrats are funding Nikki Haley's campaign. <clears throat> I hear that Democrats are contributing to Ron DeSantis's or Ron DeSanctimonious to Ron DeSantis's campaign. And then you hear the talking points. That's the only thing they're good at, cheating on elections and great talking points. They say, we want to run against Trump. They want to run. Well, we did really well in 2016, and we did so much better in 2020. The person they don't want to run against is us. It's us. It's not me. It's us. Because it's a movement, the likes of which this country, Sean, has never seen before. What an incredible Mm -hmm. uh, display of owning the situation of putting things perfectly. I mean, his verbal skills, uh, I, I know he can get him into trouble, but he I, he has command of the stage. He has command of the questions. He has command of everything mm-hmm. right now. And it's not command of reading a teleprompter. Correct. <laughs> it's command of handling a situation. I mean, it's, it's remarkable. Yeah. Robert jumping in on our live cast saying, it's the same up here in Dearborn, Michigan. Um, Dearborn doesn't want Trump or Biden. 
right. They just want to like have a clean slate, they think. But look at our choices. We've talked about it so much. Our choices are not great except for Trump. Not to get our country back to wanting America to be strong and first. No, it's part of it. Uh, Donald Trump didn't stop there. He had some other massive sound bites last night, which were fantastic. It doesn't matter which one. How many more do we have of those, Joe? Two. All right, just we'll pick. Just pick whichever one you want now, and then we'll run the second one. Just excerpts from Donald Trump last night dominating the stage in Iowa. And he's backed up by the media. The biggest problem we have: the media. The media is fake. I came up with the term a long time ago, and they won't talk about it. Let me ask you this. If I did some of the things that he did, they'd reinstitute the death penalty. Okay? They don't want to talk about it. When he gets paid three and a half million dollars from the mayor of Moscow's wife, when I brought it up at a debate and Chris Wallace was moderating, how's he doing, by the way? Not too good. Chris Wallace, whatever happened to Chris Wallace? And I said, why is he getting three and a half million dollars? I want to ask him that question. And Chris Wallace interceded because Joe didn't know he was alive. And so Chris Wallace interceded and he said, and he said, you shouldn't be asking that. You sh-. And now it's a big subject. And I talked about it literally three years ago. But why does all this money come in from China? You know, we took in and he's backed up. by. What a. Wow. Uh, I mean, it was just nugget after nugget. nugget after. I mean, he came out of the box with nuggets. I mean, it's just strong. And I agree with you, Vic. He's gotten better even, not worse. Maybe the four years did give him a break. Maybe has him step back seeing the whole picture. Because when he went in, no one sees the whole picture of something that you're doing that is new. And I really think Donald Trump thought that he could smooth people because he's been so liked prior to being the president that he didn't understand understand that there was you can't smooth the swamp and the people that are hiding such depth of deprivation and now he sees it and he knows what he's up against and and that clip ended with him talking about where the money comes from you know the uh, the the money from china i think this would be a good time to play that video sure we'll play it hold on about Biden. About Biden. But hold on one mm-hmm. quick second before you play it. Or I know you're popping that up. Todd says, well, if he's so good, then why isn't he on the debate stage? Great question, Todd. And here's why. And I've answered mm-hmm. this before, and I love answering it. Because there is absolutely nothing he could prove on a debate stage. Correct. Correct. If you know who Donald Trump is. Donald Trump going to a debate stage now would be him standing up there and getting yelled and screamed at correct nothing would happen by other candidates correct. who would just be trying to tear him down everybody's trying to get their zinger in because it would not be productive and, and you know that todd and so do i it's just yeah. unfortunate it's part of it especially when he is so just dominant and he's done the job what does he have to say mm-hmm. or prove on a debate stage that's the difference with him and the other candidates he has done the job correct and not only did he do the job he did the job with an A rating. Yes. So when you did the job with an A rating, mm-hmm. what more is there to prove? That's my point. And with an A rating with everybody, including his own party, that he had to keep fighting mm-hmm. against. So there is no point to him debating. And there's actually no no point to Biden debating either for the same thing. But on the flip side of that, we see what he's doing. Everybody knows what he's doing, which is nothing except for letting someone else run the country into the ground. <laughs> so there's no reason for him to debate either. Annette, Annette says his hair looks good, too. It does. It, it, it 
looks better. better. <laughs> and they can't call him an orange man anymore because he's even gotten better way of getting color to his skin than a spray tan. Well, Joe found this video with China because Donald Trump was talking about bringing up the way that the Bidens are compromised, including Joe Biden. And it's interesting. Um, just look at all these clips over time, Joe Biden, China, and now we see all the checks coming out to the Biden family from China, which the Bidens tried to claim were loans, and there's no paperwork. We know what's going on. They were being paid off, and this is what's happening. And take note about how clearly he speaks about China. Uh-huh. Listen to to see China rise. China is not our enemy. China is a great nation, and we should hope for the continued expansion. China is not a problem. That a rising China is a positive development, not only for the people of China, but for the United States and the world as a whole. And I'm even more convinced now that a rising China is an incredibly positive development for not only China, but the United States and the rest of the world. A rising China can be a significant asset for the region and the world. President Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping in San Francisco tonight. And the city is making a big push to clean its image up, literally. Hundreds of public workers clearing homeless encampments, picking up trash and washing graffiti. San Francisco is an embarrassment, and they don't care about the residents. They only care about impressing Xi Jinping. They are now tracking a suspected Chinese spy balloon hovering over the northern U.S. Authorities are tracking a giant Chinese spy balloon that has been hovering over the northern U.S. for several days. U.S. officials are closely watching the Chinese military's meteoric growth. China is now the number one country when it comes to making cars. For a long time, Germany and the U.S. held the top spot. Lawmakers are concerned over China's growing influence in the United States, and they are looking into China's expanding purchases of large amounts of American property. China is going to eat our lunch. Come on, man. What a video compilation that was put together regarding the situation with Joe Biden and everything that's going on and his love, I repeat, love of China. Uh, Compromised, bought and paid for. And that's why you see what you have seen. That's why mm-hmm. you saw Xi come to San Francisco and literally arrive and drive through with flags in downtown San Francisco of his home country, China, all over the place. Mm-hmm. No American flags, no American and Chinese flags, all Chinese yep. flags. It's bad. Um, also, um, what else did I just see? That Oh, yeah. Mary said if Trump would have said any of those things. Right. That Biden said, could you have imagined what the liberal bought and paid for media would have done? Oh, okay. Um, not only did Trump sizzle last night, mm-hmm. not only was he sensational, <clears throat> but my humble opinion, um, if an election is honest, mm-hmm. and honest if, is the operative if, word, and if the word gets out, this, in my humble opinion, was Donald Trump's Heisman moment mm. to this point in time. And for those people who don't understand what I'm saying, that great play for college football players, they are awarded with the Heisman Trophy, the best player in college football. And you'll hear media types and those vote, well, what was his Heisman moment? Meaning mm-hmm. that great play, that standout moment. For me, it was what Donald Trump would do when asked, because he's been accused by CNN, mm-hmm. MSNBC, all kinds of networks in recent days. This is the new strategy to take down Trump. Correct. Accuse him if he gets into power. Oh, my God. He's going to be a dictator. Oh, it's going to be just terrible. Your freedoms are going to be taken away. 
I mean, this is the kind of crap that's going on. It's it's not fair. It's yeah. like narcissists <laughs> talking about themselves un like uh, indirectly. Correct. So <laughs> here's Trump addressing. Would he be a dictator? And my favorite highlight moment of Donald Trump's campaign so far. Oh, because the media has been focused on this and attacking you yeah. under no circumstances. You are promising America tonight. You would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Except for day one. Yeah. Except Look, what? He's going crazy. Except for day one. Meaning? I want to close the border and I want to drill. That's drill, not a that's, drill. That's not oh, no. that's not retribution. I got I'm it. gonna be I'm gonna be, you know, he keeps <laughs> I love this guy. He says, You're not gonna be a dictator, are you? I said, No, 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 other than day one. We're closing the border and we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that I'm not a dictator. So that, okay? that, that sounds that's to me like beautiful. you're going back to the policies when you were president. That's All right. exactly oh, because the media has that is a president that is a leader that is somebody saying he's told you what he's going to do in his last presidency he was the first president that we'd had in modern times that said this is what i'm going to do and then he went and did it and people were surprised Mm -hmm. yeah and i thought he even did good against hannity i know that hannity meant well by setting that question up but there's a lot of people that are on the chat lines and have text about it after last night that he didn't get the sarcasm or he was trying to prove a point that just kind of fell flat and this was good for hannity because a lot of people that i know tuned in last night and hasn't watched hannity in months if not a year so somebody's <laughs> even calling Hannity an asshole on the chat line. And, and, it's, and it's true because he was great. Trump was great despite the way Hannity questioned him. Um, well, Hannity couldn't be just sitting there and it's like, oh, goo goo gaga. You know, I mean, he yeah, has that's to. That's true. That's true. I mean, you have to ask tough questions and you have to bring things up. And it's a legitimate question because of it's what's been being said by the competition yeah. to try to get them out. Because anything and everything, I told you, there are think tanks that sit around, get paid a lot of money, yes. a lot of pack money to come up with ways. How are we going to strategize to beat them? Same way with professional sports. I'm a big sports fan. That's why they have advanced coaching. That's why they have scouts because you're scouting. You're looking for little chinks in the armor. What could we try to focus on? What may work? What is going to try to get our point across? How can we tear this person down? How can we take something that's small and make it really big and try to dive in on that so that if there is some sort of voter or a group of voters in this country that still may be on the fence, that we can try to change them? Or at least, at the very least now, you could maybe win with, you know what? I'm tired of both these guys. Mm-hmm. They try. They know. They know Joe Biden can't win. So let's make Joe Biden an albatross. Let's attach him to President Trump. Mm-hmm. Let's attach him to that old guard. We need new blood. That Trump is part of the old guard. He's part of what our guy is because you don't see the Democrats promoting Joe Biden. None right. of the meat. They're not promoting him as if he is the guy. Correct. They're anti-Trump still. Yes. So let's, I, at least I. this is what I start to see. This is the strategy that I see. Mm-hmm. Let's attach those two together. Let's get those stories out where, you know what, maybe we don't want Trump or Biden. Let's just go over new. And I first saw this come up two weeks ago with Nikki Haley when she tried to all of a sudden say, yeah, Trump's policies were great, but chaos follows him everywhere. 
you know, we were going to, I'm Trump's policies, but I'm non chaos. And that was the point where I was like, oh, so that's the new calling card. Correct. That's, that's the, the way to try thing. to bring down Donald Trump because yes. nothing else is working. Correct. He's just chaos around him when most of the chaos was caused by the mainstream media, the Democrats and the never Trumper Republicans that were butthurt that their Ted Cruz didn't didn't make it that that's what it is and that's a serious thing that we're dealing with in this election too and i can't stress enough that i of course everyone that knows me knows i am donald trump 100 percent. however if they cheat and he isn't on there and it's desantis or nikki haley i can you know pull the lever okay with desantis knowing that the same people that voted for ted cruz would vote for him nikki haley would be a harder one to swallow because she's just you know a jeb bush type but i would do it i would still do it but these little whiny ass babies that are like oh my donald trump didn't make it so i'm not gonna vote him so i'm not gonna vote or i'm gonna vote for green party or i'm gonna vote for this stop it stop it right now so you would still vote for them even knowing that democrats are funding their campaign what choice do we have then i agree with you what choice do we have because if you vote that's a dead ringer for me me too i I think both of them are bad choices they are ted cruz and jeb choices i will say that till the cows come home but for the love of god i would still vote for them and i that makes me sick but who do we got? I mean, you could, I, there's, you know, the independent, which would be, you know, RFK Jr. But, you know, let's be real here. Those candidates never win. If they did, that would be great. So look what we're dealing with. Trump is it. If you vote for anyone else, you're voting for a Democrat. Joe, you brought that up as a good point. None of the rest of them will do what the American people want them to do. They will do what the Democrat Party and the Uniparty wants to do. Period. I have to give credit to Jeannie as well. I was going back looking at some of the comments. Uh, Jeannie says, Vic, Hannity was awfully nice to Newsom. I agree with her. Yeah, that was a good I point. I agree. And people people are saying, oh my gosh, that's because Hannity is friends with Trump. They were very friendly back you know, back in 2016, but they had a little bit of a falling out because Hannity became, to keep his job at Fox, he became kind of wishy-washy and is awfully nice to Newsom and awfully nice to the Democrats. And I understand that if you want to keep your job, but the fact is Hannity will say whatever his ratings will get him. He's not a Trump guy. He is, I'm going to save my ass at Fox kind of a person. He's no sucker. But it it makes him a Trump guy now. Well, well, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but is. I, and he is. Well, you know what? He, if, if the truth are known, he always has known Trump is the best, but he's saving his job is what he's doing. And that's kind of sucks when that people feel like they have to compromise their principles and compromise what they think or they're going to get fired. But that's the world we live in. You know, and, and and like Todd and other people, this has been twice the last couple days. People are saying they might as well watch Cuomo than Hannity. And you know what? They're very similar now. They really are. And so Hannity did very good for himself by having Trump on last night because he's gotten so wishy-washy. Hey, so, Joe, uh, we're going to have Kathy and Steve on uh, via um Restream now. I just got that text because they had some issues there. So anyway, we'll do that. Also, something else Joe Biden said yesterday. This makes no freaking sense to me. The guy. Uh, the other thing that uh, Trump did talk about last night is he's like, we can't laugh at Joe Biden anymore. He's like, I, I, he's like, I know it can be one of those things where it, it's funny 
to see him stumble and get confused and call Trump a congressman and how many times Kamala Harris, the president, and handshake to nobody and be lost on stage and need to hold people so he can shuffle, not walk, shuffle uh, as he moves from one spot to the next. He made a comment um, where he said this. He said, um, there it is. Okay, I got it. If Trump wasn't running for president, in quotes, I'm not sure I would be. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, that says a lot. But he's he's it. losing in every polling situation, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know where he is. He doesn't have any positivity going for him. Correct. I wouldn't. What do you think he means by that? Is that what he's told? We need you. We just need you in place. Yes, we just need you in place because you won the last time, and so now you're the only person that can beat Trump. Well, it's it's one of the only people that doesn't even know what he's doing and is so compromised and will do whatever someone tells him to do. Well, he did talk about his cognitive uh, inability, which which the entire world knows. Yeah, that's obvious. World sees. I'm just glad that Trump is now saying what I've been saying since May that he won't be the nominee yeah. for president. Yeah, you've been saying that from day one. Well, day May. Day May. <laughs> day May. Day May. Yes. Day May. May. Yeah. Um, because it, it, it's a problem. It, mm-hmm. It's such a problem. Um, the other thing is, there's supposed to be another debate for mm-hmm. the Republicans. I think it's tonight. I, I believe it's tonight. It's tonight or tomorrow night, and that's it's how it's tonight. I think, and that's how unpopular it is. Yeah, and, and you go from Donald Trump last night to watching the other, and not to be disrespectful to the other candidates, it's just, it's like, okay, what are you guys competing for now? What's happening? Um, it's after I was held. It, it's going to show just how incredibly strong Donald Trump is, and I, I don't know what else. I mean, <laughs> the, it, it's set. It's already set. It is mm-hmm. set. It is set. It is set. Um, anyway, um, let's see. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. I was, I'm talking with the Strix right now. Yeah, people are on the chat line. A couple people are saying, can Trump beat Newsom? Of course he can. They're really – Newsom is only popular – by people who understand Democrat politics. Same thing as DeSantis. People who very much understand politics know who those two people are. But if you're walking down the street, people who know who Biden is, people know who Trump are because they're very polarizing figures no matter how you want to look at it. So Newsom has zero chance of winning unless there's cheating. That's it. I mean, he doesn't win. We all know, all of us on the chat line and people who are very political savvy, we know all these names. But the average person, go ask somebody that doesn't know about politics and ask him about Gavin Newsom or ask him about Ron DeSantis. Some people might know more about Nikki Haley, but even then they don't know that she's a warmonger. They don't understand that. So Trump does not lose at all unless there is the compromised voting again. I, I, I couldn't see it. 
I just couldn't see it. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I, I mean, literally, can't. he only wins if there's cheating again. That's the thing that we have to be the most concerned about is not that is Trump going to win or lose. Trump wins in a landslide. He wins bigger than he won in 2020. Well, they've got another issue in Washington right now. I mean, I, and Trump's going to focus on America first. We know that. But yes. now you have massive issues going on right now when it comes to uh, and it could be a huge story today. All kinds of backdoor meetings happening because um, Congress is trying to push forward um, an aid package for Taiwan, for Israel, and Ukraine, and none of it's going through right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Republicans allegedly are saying, uh-uh, we're not sending money out until we take care of the border. Democrats are not fighting for that. Mm-hmm. That I mean, Democrats, come on, let's have a good conversation about this. Yeah, Democrats are not worried about the border. There is no border. There is no there is no border quote policing right now. It's not there. Mm-hmm. That's a damn scary thing. Um, and and you have Congress, and it's you have conservatives and Republicans and. Donald Trump, who are for closing border, as he Correct. said last night. And then you have Democrats right now fighting to send even more money across seas to Ukraine, of all places, instead of taking care of our damn border. I mean, it's it's as bad as it's ever been, and it's not going to change until something drastic changes at the border. And that's what they're dealing with in Washington right now. There, can you believe that there's a fight to actually spend money at the border? Mm-hmm. I can't even believe that. There's a fight. Yeah. There are politicians who, no, 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 no. And they're all Democrats. They have of the D in front are. of their name. Mm-hmm. And there is nothing wrong with calling them out for that. Because these are the conversations that need to be had. Yeah. I mean, there's no excuse for not wanting to close the border from if the Democrats primarily were just so concerned that everybody was going to get the, you know, get COVID and they don't care if if that's the case, close the damn border just for that topic alone, not even for terrorism or anything like that. And you talk to a Democrat and they can't answer that question. Well, if you're so scared that you're at home and you've taken 47 jabs in your arm and all that, close the damn border because people are coming in completely unvaccinated, sick, carrying all kinds of diseases, now diseases with dogs, but you can't have an intelligent conversation with them. They can't answer that. Well, we, we already know how bad the border is. There is no greater problem in this country right now than the border. There just isn't. And with that being said, there's only one candidate uh, that is leading, and it's Donald Trump who said he would take care of that. Mm-hmm. I've brought this up before. I saw it was a point that Megan Marie just brought up. My fear, quote, is that it won't matter who it is. People will just jump on the anti-Trump train to prove a point, which is Correct. what I talk about Correct. several times. And it's the P word. It's yes. pride. Yes. So many times in life, because it's our it's our biggest failure yeah. as humans. And we all do it. Is because it's it's pride. It's mm-hmm. why it's the greatest or worst sin. Admitting that you're wrong. Admitting, hey, I'm not as good as I thought I was. Or you know what? It's I was wrong. You know what? Topic, yeah. And move on. The more you're able to admit you're wrong or say you're sorry and move on, uh, the the easier it gets. Correct. Correct. I'm telling you, it does. Yeah. It doesn't mean carelessness. It just means it's easier. Mm-hmm. But so many people just keep that pride inside. 
well, I'm not going to admit I was wrong. No way. No way in hell. I'm not going to be made fun of. And it's unfortunate. And when you can get to the point where it's like, <laughs> I think sometimes we have to be totally broken. Right. To admit, to admit you're wrong. that we're yeah, wrong. I mean, I, mean, I know that gets mm-hmm. into some other areas of life and talks, but my God, just yeah. stop. Just, hey, okay. You know what? Yeah. And Fool it's a real me thing. once, shame on yes. you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I really respect the people that are wrong about a particular candidate or a particular topic and say, gosh, I'm, I'm one with Holly. I was like, gosh, I don't like him. I really wanted Cortland Sykes. But you know what? Even Cortland is like, he's really a great person. He's doing great things. And like Kevin was saying on the chat line on here, that so many people will not just admit they're wrong because they truly do have Trump derangement syndrome. And that is a thing. And it, and it's really not about Trump. It's just they so vehemently didn't want him because he hurt their little feelings. And I honestly, honestly really believe that a lot of times people who don't like him and they like his policies, but they just don't like him is two different kinds of people. It's one that that kind of male as a general rule, intimidates another type of male and women who are supposed to be sensitive, like, he just hurt my feelings and and all this. So, I mean, it's people have got to just put that aside and say, okay, I'm wrong. He is the best person for the job. Yeah, I don't like the way he talks. Who cares? Who cares? You You like the way the people that are talking to you that are terrorists that are coming over the border that want to cut your head off? And if you're gay, they want to chop your head off? Come on, people. Wake the hell up. Aaron says, kind of like Trump admitting COVID response was wrong. Uh, but I don't, I, I, I don't agree with that. And what I mean by that is I don't think Trump handled it the way I wanted him to handle it because I wanted him to not take the jab. I did not want him to promote that. But in all fairness, the most conservative people that I met were still scared and ran and got it and got it and now are sorry later. He didn't shut anything down. He left it to the states to make their decision. And if you live in Illinois that was shut down like a vault, then move to Missouri. And many did the same way. I don't like how Trump handled that initially with allowing Dr. Frouchy to the big fraud that he was to talk day in and and day out. But you know what? I think he's more than learned by that. There's no one else that they could put there that's going to do a better job. Now, do I think Ron DeSantis handled that better for a state? Yes. But I think all the other policies, he's not as strong and he's taking money from Democrats now. And I'm sorry if you have to wear high heels to, in an interview, sit the, sh- sit the hell down, Ron, sit the hell down. <laughs> I'm not angry at Ron. At I'm all. not angry I, I still, at I him. I like Ron. He's just, I would vote for him yeah. if Trump wasn't there, but he can't win. He can't win. He can't. Yeah. It's not even a conversation anymore. No. I mean, that's fine. It was just about, you know, the, the pride issue of people admitting it, would you rather admit that you're wrong and have a better life or bite the hand that feeds you? So many want to bite the hand that and, feeds them. And, and not change so that you can be right and then have things that are not as good in your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... it's yeah. And, it's, and Megan is saying, basic. you know, Trump's masculinity and his motivation makes him a dictator. Give me a break. 
Well, that's you know that's the social media warriors, Correct. keyboard warriors. Um, those are the <laughs> cancel culture types that want to tear down masculinity. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and we need masculinity. And Jordan Peter, Doctor Jordan Peterson has millions, millions mm-hmm. of pages of research. Yes. On why men need to be masculine. A hundred percent, and we need it now more than ever. Mm-hmm. We uh, certainly do. Tara says Trump's ego will not allow him to admit his fault. And that's probably true. I, that's where I used to rip Donald Trump. Yeah, I that's could not probably stand true. His, I could not stand his ego. I have not seen the ego man. Uh, in the last year. I just yeah, haven't. I haven't either. I haven't seen it either. No, um, no, I've not seen it either. Well, he's too damn busy. I, I just, it's a changed, refined Yeah, I like guy. what I'm seeing. I liked him before and I like him even better now with the refined way. Not because- And he's going through dream. hell. Yeah, he I is. I mean, don't forget that for a second. Correct. <laughs> I don't know anyone else on this planet that could go through what he could go through and still keep his head above water, and he still is basically self-funded. Show me someone else that can be self-funded, can't be bought, has balls, so on and so forth, and I'll vote for him. <laughs> Paul, there, there I love go. it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yep. Steve Strick has balls. Yes, yeah, balls. Yes. Where's Steve Strick? I don't see his balls right now. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. Okay, Kathy goes. Kathy goes. She does. No pants down there. No here. pants on. I see him. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, Kathy. Yeah, baby. He's on fire. I, I, I step in when she says, "Ron, sit the hell down." So I sat down. <laughs> now we're talking about. Balls, so uh, yeah, good morning. Yes. Good morning. And you've got a set on you. You ain't afraid to call it how it is. <laughs> Love it. When you, when you come no. into the studio, you call out those goofballs who are dealing with mortgage rates. Kathy, mm-hmm. with all due respect, you have a set as well because you yes, know. Yes, she does. <laughs> yes, she I does. I yeah. say that in a... I say that in a respectful manner because that's what you guys do. And that's why you guys rock because you speak truth and it's all about helping people experience reality, expect to be sold. Uh, 314-276-SOLD, 314-276-SOLD. Uh, Steve, of course, with New American Funding, powered by SCORE Mortgage. You guys, uh, I, I we've got so much to talk about. We'll get into New Age as well. Um, Kathy, is there anything that you wanted to jump on first today from the industry right now? If not, I was going to start with Steve from a mortgage rate standpoint in a report that came out yesterday. We can start there. I got a little bit of news, but no, nothing super. Okay. Well, I saw, well, I saw the I saw mortgage rates or a report yesterday come out, Steve, talking about what needs to happen in 2024 or else we are 100% going to be in an official recession. Not people debating whether we're in one, that we're in one. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a lot of people probably heard yesterday that the Fed is going to cut rates five or six times next year. That is not the case. The Fed did not come out and say that. So I want everybody to realize that there was an article written by a, uh, well, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of the content was from a Wall Street analyst. And it's a little clickbaity. So it does kind of look like the Fed. It got me. Steve, it got me. (laughs) It got a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm here to tell you really what's behind that article. That article that came out is a Wall Street analyst basically saying that we need or the Fed needs to cut rates next year. Um, The Fed did not come out and say (laughs) right now they're on a pause. Uh, There is a meeting in January. It is unlikely that the Fed cuts rates in January. 
There's, uh, I think it's 62% is saying that they're going to possibly cut in March. And then it's north of 90% that they're going to cut rates in the, in the May meeting. So, you know, with that being said, I think that my personal opinion without the, without the magic ball, I think they're going to cut rates in March. I think they're going to try to stimulate the housing market in the springtime. Um, you know, consumer spending is, is down. Inflation is going down. Well, it also depends on who you talk to when they report, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing is credit card debt is going up. Uh, jobs report was soft. So all those things are leading to a slower economy uh, as far as the data is concerned. And therefore, Wall Street says we need to start having some cuts. Well, when those things happen, obviously, we're all hopeful. We're, we're definitely hopeful for what's happening. We had uh, John Rourke on yesterday, Blue Line Moving, um, Army veteran. He runs Great American Cleanup. He's at the border uh, more than anybody I know. I mean, true American hero down there cleaning up trash from all the illegals that are coming in, uh, rescuing yeah, dogs, uh, because when dogs are and animals are brought, they can't bring them into the country. He's down there rescuing them. He told us yesterday, he's like, hey, we're fighting. He's like, but if you want to know what's happening in our industry, uh, just ask me. He's like, uh, we're moving. And then now it's like, okay. He's like, those mortgage rates are hurting the moving business as well. I'll tell you that much. Oh yeah, I mean, and, you think about all the industries. All the industries mm -hmm. tied to housing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it starts with housing, mm -hmm. and then you're going to trickle down into homeowners insurance, appraisal, mortgage, Especially. movers, inspectors. You know, all of these different businesses. I mean, even you could talk about furniture, for that matter. There's so yeah. many things that people don't think about that touch a home mm -hmm. that are needed. That are just being affected by people all across the entire country. Robert says, I read a report on deflation caused by the Fed raising rates too fast last spring and summer. Do you agree? Yeah, I do agree with that. Um, you know, what, what they're trying to do is with this rate cut is I think they need to be careful with it. So if they, if they cut rates too slow or too fast, they're probably going to run into another issue. I do think they're backtracking on some of the rate hikes that they've put into place. I think it was a little bit too much. It seems like they're always delayed, right? So everything that they do is a little bit delayed. And then they react. You know, they, they don't actually think about what's going to happen in the future. They're reacting to what's happening last month. So, um, no, I think that we're going to see a, a rate cut in 2024. It might not be huge, but we're going to start seeing that decline. I think they're going to get really aggressive in 2025. I hope so. I, Me too. I, I hope so too. Kathy, I hate it because j just in my general conversations right now, I think back to when I would talk to people, oh, I'm looking here or move in or the neighbor yeah. moved in. I don't, I'm not hearing a lot of people talking about mm -hmm. houses or moving or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. What's the latest from your, uh, from yeah. your industry? This was um, one of the slowest home sale years in decades that we've had. Decades. 2023. Decades. So, um, you know, a lot of people are feeling it. And, you know, a lot of people are, are just not going to move from that interest rate right now, especially with everything, the way the economy's been. So um, we've had a very, very low amount of inventory, but it looks like all the headlines in the last, like, 48 hours that I've been, you know, getting into my emails are promising signs for 2024 real estate markets probably hit the bottom like we're starting to come back there's going to be a rebound so love to see that we've got some positive things coming through um i think at 2023's inventory it says uh, a couple reports i was reading were saying it's um higher at the end of 2023 than what we had coming in 
to 2023 from last year and that home prices are expected to go up. So we've been saying this all along. The second interest rates start to move back down again, we'll see another swing of buyers come back out because buyers have just been sitting on the on the sidelines. And so we have seen a little bit of some houses um, having to do some price reduction, some markets that have gone backwards, some markets like Austin have, have definitely had yep. some issues this year. Mm -hmm. um, but generally speaking across, uh, across the United States, besides those really, really highly inflated markets, you know, we've still seen pockets of homes that have sold for what they're asking or more. We've seen some that have had to do price reductions. We've had a little bit of a mixed bag. But, um, you know, as we're coming towards the end of the year, we've seen some people that have had to do some price reductions. Mm -hmm. But as soon as the rates move just the tiniest bit, we had an influx of buyers come back out again. So when we roll into 2024, I think we're going to have kind of a crazy year, quite frankly. Um, as soon as we get into January, February, we're going to have people start to think about getting their houses back on the market. And definitely when rates go down, buyers will be there like overnight. They'll be there. So if you're a buyer right now worried about getting caught up into that frenzy, you might want to be looking at this time of the year. Mm -hmm. You might want to go out there and see what's available for you and get your house, you know, your contract negotiated before it starts to get into that frenzy again, because I do think we'll see that. Gosh, there's so yeah. many things going on. And we've got so many comments of people just talking about their current situations too. You guys may see some mm -hmm. of those things that are going on. Kathy, I'm curious, do you, what is the current amount of uh, available homes just in the St. Louis metropolitan area? Do you have an updated total this morning? I haven't. I didn't look this morning as far as the total amount, but we're, we're seeing again like that 300-ish number on a weekly basis coming to market versus gosh, I remember it used to be 1400 a week, like a couple of years ago in, in the prime months, but still this is always that slower, less people bring their house on the market on in November and December, which is why they're staying inventory is typically low. Um, but you know, we're, we're, we're our phones are ringing. We're talking to people, but usually what we see is when we talk to people that are thinking about selling right now, they are usually talking about, once we get past the holidays, we're going to list our house. Mm -hmm. The thing that I very, very seldom do we get a call like right now that wants to go list our house this weekend, you know. Well, Unless that's the thing that I wanted to bring up. It's the fact that people need to call 314 276 sold, 314 276 sold. Be prepared <clears throat> because when it does happen, yeah. it the, the floodgates are going to open. Yes. And, and you have to be prepared. You've got to be prepared. And it's not. It's not realistic. I mean, can it can it be done? Yes. It's not the smartest thing for you to do to wait until the last second and then call the realtor. You should really be bringing your real estate agent in ahead of time so that they can, in a timely fashion, like line some contractors up for you, figure out, are you going to need to do a little bit of painting? Do we need to replace a room or two of carpeting? Don't fall on this, oh, I'll give credits kind of stuff. I, I can't tell you how many times I have to to convince sellers that that is such an old fashioned way of thinking of giving decorating credits or painting allowance or flooring allowances. You need to make the changes up front so that when the buyer walks in, it's turnkey ready. It doesn't matter if that the excuse I get all the time is, well, we don't want to replace the carpeting because you know, everybody's going to want to do wood floors and then we don't want to pay for it. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. If the carpeting is old and worn out, replace the carpeting with builder grade carpeting, good pad, make it look nice when they walk in. It becomes a moot point. If they want to do wood floors later, they'll do wood floors later. But when the carpet needs to be replaced now, then it becomes an issue. 
So those are the kind of things that you need to have a realtor in to talk about so that you, we're getting you off of what your limited thinking is based on some experience you've had years ago, most likely, or little experience at all, to be able to tell you what is helping to get a house to move the second a buyer walks in, what's going to create that bidding more. As a seller, you want the bidding more. And that requires some things done ahead of time. It requires some time on our end of pre-marketing and in bringing it to market. On a serious note, Bendy says, oh, I love the white-coated Santa behind you. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. our year-round Santa. Oh, a year-round Santa. When was it? Two, two years ago? Uh-huh. A couple well, years ago, the girls were going out <laughs> Christmas shopping one day, and I said, I don't really want anything, but if you find, like, a semi-life-size Santa, I'd like one of those. <laughs> and the first thing that they saw in the first store... Right when they walked in was this guy behind me. Ugh. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, he just stays there. He, he kind of moves. He goes on this side of the pool. <laughs> He's and like he our elf on the, on the shelf year round. But I he, love that. But he is a Santa. <laughs> Yes, yeah. because yeah, Lizzie yeah. was like, "Oh, be, be sure to remind people it's Saint Nick Day today." You know, it's Saint Nick Day. Yeah. So. Yes, it is Saint Nick Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we out. go. Oh, this Read is. Yeah, Happy Saint Nicholas Day. There you go. Thank you, Joe. Look at <laughs> oh, I love it. How perfect is that? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll make room for it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That is one good looking Saint Nick. Where, lots of gifts he used to carry, but yeah. you know. Yeah, I can see why you leave it out year round. Wait a minute, you leave him out year round? Yeah, we yeah. do. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't notice him? <laughs> I don't you know, I've been to your house a few times, but I don't think I yeah. saw him hanging out at the Halloween party. I almost dressed him up for Halloween. And Steve said no. <laughs> I too. He doesn't say much. I wanted to put a scary He doesn't say much. <laughs> Inter- oh, that is awesome! I love what that. a beautiful Santa. <laughs> he ma- he matches your your room there as oh, well. Oh, beautiful! He does. He, does. Yes, he, does. <laughs> he looks happy. There we go. We uh, that's definitely an episode for unrestricted. Your guys, uh, yes, website, podcast, all things. Mm-hmm. And by the way, since we had it there, I just want to show people your Instagram page. Um, yes, live unrestricted. You see it right there. Live unrestricted. Um, from that standpoint, how, what are you guys doing? What, what no, kind of just, content are you guys putting there right now? It just started. So what we're doing right now is we're filming all of the content and it's going to start going on like a daily basis, probably in the next couple of weeks. So just ramping it up, getting a little excitement. Out there. So what it is, is, is it's going to be more of like a lifestyle, uh, very a lot of different topics that we deal with as couples as um, entrepreneurs as couples in business together like just those type of things instead of as you know so much just real estate and mortgage and i loved how steve unabashedly gushes about you on there that is every woman's dream to have that happen so publicly that is awesome, yeah. Steve. I love that. <laughs> Joe, can you pop up the unrestricted page that yeah. I sent you that, again? That's the topic, you know. So how do people feel about uh, significant others posting their feelings for each other online? She did not know I was posting that. Yeah, it was okay. beautiful. Well, did, I loved you, it. How did you feel about it, Kathy? She didn't well, even tell me. This is news to me. Let's yeah. So I'm used to it because <laughs> that's how he's been from the very beginning with Aww. us, which is kind of... Um, a little weird at first uh very nice obviously but it's sometimes it feels a little bit like this should be in a hallmark card instead mm-hmm. of the world to read but then again <laughs> um you know it's hard for me to do it back 
because I'm not as like he is and he's very good with his words. So, but that's the way he's been from the beginning. And that was part of what kind of, you know, won me over with falling head over heels for him was that he was not afraid to put those feelings out. And then what I noticed is that people were so reactionary to it, mm-hmm. usually in a positive way. Now, I know there's the, the haters. We call them skaters, Kathy and Steve haters. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Me. The skaters. That's <laughs> the great. Skaters, you know, the skaters come out. They usually come up oh. behind the scenes. Oh, my God. I love <laughs> that. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but we found it was really a positive. Most of the time, it was positive response for people. Mm. And what I have started to see which I think is, which is kind of what's driving unrestricted, the idea of doing it, is that it's ch- we're seeing change. I'm making a change in this world. We're seeing change in a it. lot of, of men that see somebody like Steve and see mm-hmm. these people that are willing to do that openly on social media. Um, they're starting to kind of jump on board. So I'm seeing more and more people be more affectionate to each other online. I'm seeing more men realize hey, maybe this isn't, I'm not a pussy for saying that my wife is amazing. Like, no, you're I'm not. I'm a manly man for saying that my wife is amazing. So I'm seeing like the needle move a little bit. And that that to me is exciting. That's what we want to build with Unrestricted. I have all kinds of topics that are going to be controversial that are just brewing in my notes that I want to talk about <laughs> that are either good or bad or indifferent for a relationship, you know, but definitely people have mm-hmm. strong opinions on some of these topics. Well, and I want to get our way into some of those and really unwrap them. I love it. Well, I Steve, love everything about that. Well, Steve started off um, that last post with you saying, my name is Steve Strick, and I have a confession. Yes. This, all caps, yeah. sexy <laughs> AF woman, Kathy Hilbig Strick, is my best friend, Ugh. my soulmate, Ugh. my wife, <laughs> and I love loving on her on social media exclamation point and then there's the a no- and then there's a novel <laughs> after that oh that is just the most beautiful thing because say people who don't know you people who know you and know you there's nothing not to love about you guys truly but if you're looking at that and you find any sort of a way that that could be negative it's because either you're not getting it and you should be you should be or you're you, you just don't even know how to you don't know how to do it but everybody should have somebody in their life that loves you the way steve publicly loves you and i think it's just beautiful and the world would be a better place if everyone had someone love them like that and it actually and if you don't know kathy it, it two things would happen kathy is they'd be instantly hate you because yeah. they're like i'm so jealous of this hunk of a man that's got balls and he just loves me like that or it would be, wow, I like her even more. And for mm-hmm. me, that makes me even like you even more, that somebody mm-hmm. like Steve adores you like that. And, mm-hmm. and you are great in your own right. So I just love everything about it. Well, thank you. And we want to and promote more, that. I am more private. Like, I'm more guarded and private, and I don't throw, I don't show a lot of emotion. So that can be read in different ways. He knows me different, so he's mm-hmm. able to gush on some of that stuff. And I've heard him say to people before, oh, this is the Kathy I get to see. Like he loves when they get a little glimpse of 
you know, the behind the scenes me, I guess. And I don't put that out as often as probably I should, but the Stephen Kathy yeah. romance novel coming soon. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Robert. Yeah, says, buy it. Zero chat GPT involved in that post. <laughs> just so you know, you're gonna do it. it's not about chat GPT. Well, Correct. If I you mean, need help, guys, you can use it. Just make sure it's absolutely. Real. My gosh, we, hey, before we get out of here today, I'm un, un, unrestricted. I'm sure you've got to be talking about your your health from a new age health wellness standpoint. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm certain to that, right? Yes. yes. What kind it of things are it. what kind of things uh, updates are happening with the business with newagehealthwellness.com for people who don't know uh, everything that can be done from your body standpoint, living the kind of life that you should be living from a, a health and energy standpoint. Yeah. Well, you missed last week. We missed you when we were in. We got the keys to uh, the Lake St. Louis location. So that is yep. demoed and uh, underway right now. But I think what I wanted to throw out there today that I feel like has been the most brought up topic in the last week is that, and probably it's the holidays and people are thinking that their New Year's resolution and all that stuff. And you can jump in anytime you want to. Um, that people are not, they try something and they're not giving it enough time mm -hmm. to see the results. Yeah. And so just like with anything else, you, you've got to, some people come in and have immediate results, let's say with the semaglutide. They have immediate results and then they're like, well, I lost 40 pounds in two months, blah, blah, blah. See, those are the things a lot of people are hearing online. And then when they come in and they lose two or three pounds, they're like, eh, it's not working. Um, you know, and so now that we've been doing that product uh, long enough, we're seeing that there are certain people that, you know, you are starting at a very low amount to begin with. You've got to prepare your mm -hmm. body, get your body ready for that medication. And so it's a ramp up stage. So don't lose Here's what faith I and stop before you see the results, because I've seen a lot of people months in all of a sudden be like, boom, and then it kicks in. So mm -hmm. just... That's my thing is like give something long enough. Just like, yeah, I mean, like Kelly's saying, I'll say it in a few different words, but trust the process. Mm -hmm. There are enough people with results losing weight if they just keep on it. So most likely you're not going to be that one person out of a thousand that it doesn't work on. So give it mm -hmm. some time. Let it go. You know, right now, Ed Milet said this the other day. It's separation season. Separation season is November and December because everybody <laughs> takes time off in the holidays. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's on your relationship. doesn't matter if it's in work. It doesn't matter if it's in your health and fitness and going to the gym. People are saying, oh, I'm going to put on all these pounds. I'm going to work in January. Do it right now because mm -hmm. you're going to be that much ahead of everybody else. I actually had a plan and I told her this, like, we're going on vacation in a couple of weeks and I want to be in the best shape mm -hmm. I've ever been in my life. I'm not going to start January 1. I started months ago. So I think everybody else should do that too. It should be a year round thing with anything. Gosh, it makes total sense, guys. We appreciate uh, everything that you guys do. 314-276-SOLD for Experience Realty, Experience Realty Partners to talk with Kathy and her team. 314-276-SOLD. Steve's always willing to talk to you about mortgage, of course, New American Funding, powered by Square Mortgage. 314 Three seven four zero seven seven zero, and of course, newagehealthwellness.com, NEU, newagehealthwellness.com. Before we let you guys go, is there a Mrs. Claus around the house anywhere? Not yet. Okay. Looking at her. Yeah. Yeah. We have them distracted with Mrs. Claus. <laughs> hey, we do look forward to seeing you all tomorrow night. 
Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Great I'm to glad see you. Thank you for stopping by. Um, by the way, I knew you had a love of gorillas and apes. I did not know you had a love of Santa. That looks like a big old beefy Santa behind you, love by the that. way. So. Life, life size. Yeah. <laughs> love it. All right. Love you guys. Better. Thank you for all the information. We'll catch up with you later. Kathy L. Big Strict, yes, Steve Strict. Uh, appreciate them joining us as they do on Wednesdays. And lots of success. Go ahead. Like. Uh, their pages on the unrestricted uh, life unrestricted yeah, I, I like life it. unrestricted mm-hmm. um, and and they're really doing a lot of ground they've been putting this together for a long time yeah seven months yeah like that yeah um, just started doing it yeah just trying to put that together um, to try to make a difference lifestyle show from that standpoint so we certainly back them they have backed us if you're doing anything from a real estate standpoint uh, a mortgage standpoint from your health standpoint as Lizzie has done uh, I as I have done with New Age Health Wellness. Yeah, do and it. The holidays They're is big a good supporters of ours. Start, I think. Actually. So if you're doing that, give them a call. Use them. Call them. It makes sense. Even if we didn't know them, they're the best. Yeah, yeah. I would say if I didn't know them at all, I would like them anyway. And I know them from. I haven't sold my house yet, waiting for the interest rates to go down. But I do see them at New Age as well, and it's just a great place. And I agree with him. Get, anytime you want to do something, get out ahead. Don't wait until after the holidays. Go ahead and do it. You might even enjoy your holidays better when you're not feeling obligated to eat everything on your plate. Yeah, so. makes sense. This is cancel this cancel the show.com. That's Lizzie Sparks. I'm Vic Faust. Uh, Projo in the house making the video and sound look as good as it possibly can. Uh, special thanks. They are a sponsor to Experience Realty Partners, clearly. Uh, also, Aminis, your leading supplier in traditional infrared saunas and saltwater hot tubs. Check out the stuff. It'll blow you away just what you can do for yourself with these saunas. And and, and they're affordable because you can get different sizes. Uh, literally, go to our partners page. You go to canceltheshow.com, canceltheshow.com, and you click on our partners page, and we have a link for you. Literally, it goes right to them. They know you're watching. They know. Same thing with Experience Realty Partners. You click on it. We show that you can contact a sponsor. Uh, also, Complete Auto Body Repair, the fastest growing auto service center in the region, family owned. They've been offering the complete experience since 1973 as well. Uh, we'll be talking with Ham from, let's see, Route 66 Cannabis coming up here in just a little bit. Solar City STL, Justin Talavest and crew making renewable energy part of their life. You'd let the heavy lifting be done by them. Strategic Air Services, where we broadcast live in the St. Louis area, Chesterfield, Missouri, and the Valley. Premier private transportation providers in all things aviation from aircraft management to concierge services and acquisition. We quip the peer-to-peer rental marketplace where renters can go to search for items that they need that their neighbors may not have. Really, really fun stuff to do there. And of course, Wenty's in the Chesterfield Valley, literally some of the best food you're going to have. Pizza, burgers, wings, smoked meats, a great time uh, with a big heated patio for the winter months as well and we'll be there tomorrow night at seven o'clock which steve and kathy just talked about for our uh one-year celebration party and our holiday party and you can hold off on getting name tags because listener lisa who's been on the show before um is bringing name tags oh thank you lisa right Right? I've That's got awesome. so much going on. So that is great, <laughs> Lisa. So much. Because he might forget the name tag uh, because he's yeah. so busy and he's got stuff uh, going on. And, and you know what? I can't wait to see what the name tags look like that Lisa brings. They could be uh, anything. Alrighty then. The, who knows what we could possibly right, get there. Right. Um, 
we got a, a couple. Here's what we got. We got uh, so at nine thirty we're gonna do it. We're talking business at nine thirty. By the way, today good, entrepreneurship, good. the struggles. If you're trying to get into things, what can happen? Uh, so we'll be getting into that at nine thirty. It's hard to own a business. Uh, also. Um, Lizzie, where do you want to start? We, we've I, got. I think we have to talk about all the Ohio stuff going on. You, right. you briefly mentioned it at the beginning, but you can go. Yeah, it's one of that. our topics that we were trying to get to today. Um, here's what's going on um, in Ohio, and I, I just don't understand why people just can't. This is what's happening in a lot of colleges. Well, a health sciences program offered at the Ohio State University requires those who sign up for the course to take part in discussions and assignments about whiteness, mm. gender, race, and the students are actually asked to address their privileges if they are white, heterosexual, that, and able-bodied. That's right, white, heterosexual, and able-bodied, and those are privileges that you need to somehow deal with and come to grips with to be able to go through and pass this class. This is happening at Ohio State University. Who's taking this class? It's titled The Individual Differences in Patient-Client Populations. It's a health class. And it's offered uh, through Rehabilitation Sciences, and it's a recipient of the school's Affordable Learning Exchange Grant. That's how they're doing it. A, a learn, the Affordable Learning Exchange Grant awards grants to instructors who want to transform their courses using open and affordable materials. Is it a class just for white people? Like, no, do uh, for people anyone. of color actually? Well, how do they? Address, how, how do they? You know, get a grade if they can't address their white privilege? Oh, they. Oh, it sounds to me like they could do some serious piling on. Yeah, I think it's going to be piling on. I, speaking of piling on, just in February, Ohio must have a real whiteness problem because in February, their Department of Education started accusing a homeschooling group of being white supremacists and, and Nazis. So there must be some money going into this whiteness thing going on. Well, um, there's three activities were listed on the document for students to select from. You had the white privilege knapsack, the heterosexual privilege knapsack, and of course, the able-bodied privilege knapsack. Do you get extra credit for being white? Yeah. No you probably get an F for being white. Right. That's what I'm You thinking. probably do. You probably get an but, F. But students were also given the option to substitute the heterosexual privilege and able-bodied privilege activities for another more recent knapsack topic that offers other oh, scholars Lord. and activities. That is crazy. Once again. I want to know who thought of this class. And you know, it's been going on for a, for a while. And you you know, for years ago, 80s and earlier, you might have been talking to your children about racism and making sure that you're not a racist and so on and so forth. And now you have to talk to your kids if you're white about you're not a racist and you certainly shouldn't be a target of people who saying that you have white privilege just because you have a white face. I mean, it's the discussions you have to have with your kids in the last 30 years have completely changed i guarantee whoever came up with this idea did not did not have normal colored hair well they said that the assignment did not have well they said that hair. well yeah the assignment pink hair the assignment hair. stems from a 1989 essay titled white privilege unpacking the invisible knapsack which was written by a feminist scholar and anti-racist 
a racist activist, Peggy McIntosh. Oh, good old Peggy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, these are, I mean, does this sound like upper education? No. Higher level education? No. No, 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 no. Uh, in addition to the nap snack. Knapsack activities, students are also required to watch a documentary titled White People. Mm. Could you imagine if students were taking a class and they had to watch that was titled Black People, mm-hmm. Yellow People, Brown People? Then they were told that they had to discuss or or are told, present tense, discuss their thoughts about the film. According to the course document, students were required to address whiteness and describe what the term white means to them. Is it just like a class that, you know, to where, like, if you take it and you're white, you just get shamed for being white? Yeah. That's that's what what it it sounds like. Yes. Then the students were also asked to explain how they navigate their race. How do you navigate being white? That is crazy stuff. And why the statement Black Lives Matter triggers some white Americans. Oh, stop it. Finally. And then we'll get on. (laughs) Um, Then... Uh, la, 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 la. Then it said, then students were asked to read 10 things everyone should know about race. Okay. So anyway, this is going on at Ohio State mm-hmm. um, University. It's part of their health and sciences program. Well, and you know, the one thing we didn't say, but this is happening too. It's happening in public and private schools. It's happening in colleges. So you shame the white people because they're big, bad, menial oppressors. But nobody's addressing what it's actually doing to the black people. It's making them now the victims again, that they're the victims. And often in schools, if they misbehave, their punishment is is not as harsh as, say, a white person. So, you know, black children, unlike Joe Biden would say, is every bit as smart as white people. And so they're now realizing, okay, I can misbehave. And all I have to do is say, but I'm black. And they're getting by with it. That's not good for black people either. And so the whole thing is just a cluster. You know what? It no, really is. No, it is. I, I, I get it. And it, it's unfortunate. And I, I'm not as, I, I guess, upset with that as I am as our next story. And I wanted to do yes. this before we bring Ham in uh, to talk business, entrepreneurship, uh, just get some very interesting lessons. Uh, Ham is very well liked, his information, his business, of course, with Route 66 as well. Um, this happened in Colorado. Just think about this from a parental standpoint. Maybe you're upset. Maybe you wouldn't be upset, but this is what happens. So we just bring you the facts. And then, of course, we let you guys discuss them and the stories that are going on. Well, an 11-year-old girl in Colorado was assigned to share a bed with a male student who identifies as a transgender girl. This happened on a cross-country school trip, and the demand letter sent Monday by attorneys for this girl's family state that the parents are now calling on the public school system there to provide answers and clarification of its policies related to children who identify as transgender. So they're now being represented by the Alliance Defending Freedom, Did you say share a bed? I said share a bed. So what happened on this trip, obviously overnight trip, um, you have the girls team. So so obviously they're sharing a hotel room or something. And they often, I was a cross country runner, you share a bed with another girl, you would think. Well, this 
biological boy who claims to be a girl was told to share a bed with a transgender biological boy. And here's the issue. And the parents aren't flipping the hell out? Well, oh, no. Here's what happened. The parents didn't know this happened. Oh. This happened... And then the parents found out. So why, okay, I do understand why a kid wouldn't say anything to their parents just because they've now been brainwashed into Mm -hmm. thinking, if I say anything, my mom and dad are going to go up to the school. I had something similar. Mm -hmm. I was a cross-country runner, and this is worse. This is worse. But there was a girl on my team in college that she was gay and openly told everyone she liked me. So I didn't like her back. First gay person I had ever met. And she, she got assigned to the bed with me. But I was obviously, as you can imagine, a little bit more more outspoken. And I went to the coach and I said, I am not going to sleep with her. And he even back then, he was like, you know, come on, Lizzie. I've already made this up. I'm going to have to switch. I'm going to have to make a big deal. I was like, that's like sleeping with a guy that wants to like touch your body parts. She likes me. And he didn't care. And so I slept on the floor. But I can only imagine, I, I did speak up for myself, but I can only imagine this girl who who obviously has been shamed if she didn't go tell her parents. Yeah, and it, the thing that happened once it, it, it did go through is the fact that the parents never knew and they weren't told in advance that this could possibly upset them, that this could possibly be a situation. So it happened without the parents even knowing. Wow, that that's terrible. And like just like what I was saying, Tara said that too. That kid probably found nothing wrong with it because or was afraid to say anything because of peer pressure. Yeah, I think that's it. More, but clearly she came home and told her parents, "I had to sleep in a bed with a boy or a biological boy." Mm -hmm. So she went right home and told her parents. Well, I mean, this is an eleven-year-old girl. Remember? Wait a minute, eleven? Eleven-year-old girl. This wasn't. Oh my gosh. That's even worse. Although I guess the boy was 11, so I guess people are like, okay, they're just 11-year-old. Well, the girl was assigned to a room with three other students. And according to the demand letter that they have sent now to the school district to state policy regarding what happened, two of these students were girls from her school, and the third student was a boy who identified as a girl, and she didn't even know him, went to a different school. Oh, my. Okay. So let me get this straight. There's four kids in the room and she knew the other two girls and they slept together so a boy she didn't even know correct and wasn't even from her own team correct i would like to see that coach or who assigned that room is a sadistic oh it would have been a coach it would have definitely been a coach. yes sadistic that's what I'm saying. But it's it's inundating our sports programs right now. It is. I mean, and I don't know why it is. It seems like the, the running, not the, the running program, there's so much of this crossover that runners right now are having to deal with so much transgender stuff. The girl was the girl was upset and she oh, came back and told her parents. Good for her. But she didn't want to say anything there, obviously, because of things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, the parents are irate that their daughter was put in this situation, and the school district isn't giving them answers. 
Right. Well, and like David's saying, the coach should have his job ended. And and David is a coach. And I've grown up in a family with my father was a coach and all this kind of stuff. And I can tell you what the two of them would be doing. It might make them hated because sometimes coaches have to do things for students. But we would be up at that school. And we're not people, I think only once in our entire career of raising five kids, we ever went to an office and said anything. But this would be one of the times we would be in that office day in and day out till that coach was fired and I'm not one for wanting people to be fired but you mess with a child that's game over game over gone man this whole thing was just so the girl was started texting mom and and telling her what was going on and mom was 2,000 miles away wow so then obviously you're putting a really bad situation yeah. about what's going to happen they got through it mom came and eventually got to her and of course they um, you know started to talk about it but now mom is so upset that her 11 year was put in the situation and who wouldn't be right uh and given the information up front about what was going to happen yeah and i can't understand I, i'm going to go back to that coach again i can't understand the rationale of doing that to anyone like he she whoever the coach was wouldn't think a parent would have a problem with this there's still 95 percent of the population that would have a distinct problem with it that five percent that wouldn't i'm sorry but they have some mental deficiencies in their brain that would think this is okay I mean, that's just not normal to do that. Especially, well, it made it even worse that she didn't even know the kid. But yeah, so mom, st mom was getting the text messages from there. I just want to wow. clear that up. So what happened is eventually they made such a, a stink about it because the girl did start texting okay, good, mom. I, I misunderstood that. That they ended up placing the boy with another girl who was, oh, come more, on. Who was more comfortable. I See, mean, that, uh, that, that is worse. What we originally said sounded bad, and then now, mm -hmm. you know, we find out that she was texting, okay, move from one girl to another girl that was okay with that. Yeah. I would love to see that girl's mother or father or grandparent who's raising that kid and go, you think this is okay? This is starting, that goes back to what we talked about yesterday and the day before. This indoctrination is trying to make pedophilia normal. That's the big crisis. We're actually in a crisis that that's what's trying to be done. And so many people just don't want to say anything. Yeah. It's, it's just, I mean, because nobody wants to be the bee. Nobody wants to be the bad mom. Nobody wants to make a ruckus. Not only for their kids, they don't want all the other parents looking at you like, oh my gosh, you need to sit down over there, Vic. You need to sit down over there, Lizzie, and you need to stop talking about it. You know, we have everything just the way we want it, and now you're wrecking it. But that's the mm -hmm. problem. Even too many conservatives don't speak up. Well, as a parent, I would have been irate. Oh, me too. I would have been like, okay, listen, don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of this right now. We'll get in contact with who we need to talk to. And, you know, we'll, we'll make sure that this is all good. We're going to make sure that you don't have to go into that bedroom, that you don't have to sleep with a, a, a boy because we're just not going to go down that road. So, I mean, it is interesting. These are the kind of things that we're dealing with in 2023 mm -hmm. um, that you may not think about it. I mean, right? you start to, I mean, Robert says nobody wants to be canceled. They were afraid to say anything. Megan's, Megan Marie says the adults are getting off 
on all this stuff and the kids, including the trans child, are the victims. Correct. Exactly. Um, They're no. all, the kids are all the victims. No, they were not 18. They were 11, 11. years, 11 years old. Because right, because at 18, you are an adult and you can make a choice. Like what I had said earlier, I was 18 or 19 when that happened to me, when they put someone in my bed that liked me and I didn't, but they didn't listen to me either, but I didn't sleep in the bed with them, but I was 18. But we've also seen parents um, and... <sighs> We've seen parents who back this, though, too. They do. Because they we do. saw the there story with Washington University mm-hmm. um, where they didn't understand how Attorney General Andrew Bailey could possibly stop kids from going and getting, uh, and when I say kids, kids under 18, from getting surgery to change themselves from boys to girls or girls to boys. So there are parents that do back it. Now, I, I don't know. I mean, if my daughter is texting me from a trip 2,000 miles away saying, Dad, the coach is making me spend the night or sleep in a bed with a, a kid that's a boy but is transgender or calling himself a girl. I, I, yeah, I'd be making calls. I'd be making texts. Yes. I'd Wait a second. Why didn't you tell us the arrangement before kids went on this trip mm-hmm. uh, 2,000 miles away? Yeah. That that would be a massive issue. Um, it is interesting because, you know, especially dads of girls. Um, Ham's one of those. I mean, you've you've got girls. You understand what that's like, my friend. Um, yep. Because there's so many issues that you do. And, and you'll protect your daughter until your life. Maybe too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, they can't bring any boys over because I'm too scary. I don't know what that means. Really? But your youngest daughter is a, what, a freshman in high school now? Freshman in high school. Yeah, that's she doesn't need any boys over. Well, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, I have, well, I have a freshman daughter that would be too we're, afraid uh, to bring a boy over to, in front of her daddy, too. Well, since yeah. we're segmenting in that real quick, uh, she asked me uh, last week if she can have uh, an after party because there was a big dance and then they want to throw an after party. want to know if I can have an after party in my house. Yeah. It's right by your house. And I said, uh, sure. And I said, how many kids? She said 60 to 70. And I said, okay. 60 or 70. Okay. Yeah. Good for you. Which my last, my oldest daughter, <laughs> when she told me that last time, slightly older, there was uh, 200 kids that showed up. Oh my. Okay. But they okay. were a little bit older. So I said, well, you know, I know what happens at age 15. You know, they come with backpacks and there's booze. Not all kids. I don't want to. Yeah. Class. So I said, well, I'll just have security there and, and like someone attend the bar. And she's like, I'll be made fun of. And I was like, you know, okay, fine. Maybe that's too much. Because it's not that I'm trying to scare kids. I'm just trying to protect myself for everything mm-hmm. I've built my Correct. career for. Yeah. But I also want to protect the kids because as a parent, I wouldn't want someone to go, oh, where'd you go? Oh, I went to Ham's house last night and he was handing out tequila shots. Oh, <laughs> Yep. Jenny, right. you're 15, and Mr. Hammer's handing out tequila shots to you? Correct. So then yeah. my youngest is like, well, just go ahead and um, take all the booze down. I go, how do I take all that alcohol down? Because it's a f- real bar that I have in my mm-hmm. basement. Like, mm-hmm. there's a tequila bar, there's a wine cellar, and there's a full bar. I said, baby, that's going to take, like, weeks yeah. and boxes. <laughs> it <Right>. would. <laughs> yeah. So she's very entrepreneur like me and very likes to negotiate and sometimes you know we get into it so uh, we've negotiated where her sister from college is in town and her friend will work the party because then they're a little bit cooler and right I'll, and i'll stay upstairs mm-hmm. hey, hey dude i'm open friday if you need any help I, I, I could use a few adults to hang out with me i am i i've done this my friend i've i've done this party i've been there i've done it uh, I also, um, you and I know, and, and we'll talk off air, another prominent local attorney who told his daughter, yeah, you want to have a party? Sure. I'll let you have a party. Here's what's going to be. And this is what's going to, well, dad, I'll be made fun of. 
just like you were said. Oh, I couldn't do that. And he's like, listen, that that's the deal. This is a serious deal. Correct. And are you going to guarantee that kids aren't bringing alcohol in because kids wear backpacks now and oh, and do yeah. all kinds and, and of things? And the backpack is because they got to change out of their mm. outfits. Right, right. Yeah, I know. Like you, you wore a nice <laughs> outfit, just stay in your outfit, right? right? We know Dude, what happens. You're with these you, you're a great dad. You Thank love you. your kids. Uh, I, I mean, I've seen it, and I, I wish. I mean, you it's the best. high risk. It's very high risk, and yeah. it's so funny because the kids that say, "Well, you're not cool if you do that," they're the ones that are actually trying to bring stuff over, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, um, man, I did struggled. We had a lot of people spend the night when we did it, Ham, and or a couple houses near us. And then if anybody was driving, I got their keys. And they oh, walked yeah. in, we they were in, given. We did that when my oldest was like 17, 18, mm -hmm. and they come over. I'm not dumb, and I would hear noises. And I had parents' phone numbers too. Yeah. I so it them. was not fun for me. It was a job. Correct. But, you know, my son had a blast. Yeah, it's it's another one. I have cameras above both of my bars at home, and I installed those only because of the kids, right? Because yeah. I knew that that it was going to become a party central place. Um, the good news is cold outside, so they're all going to be inside, um, right? Okay. But when yeah. my oldest would throw a few parties and it was outside, boy, that's impossible to control because they could be by the pool, they could be hiding like anywhere outside and having a couple cocktails. The but it's not even the cocktails that worries me. It's not my kid. And it's them getting behind a wheel. It's yeah. dangerous to yeah. themselves and the other people on the road. Mm -hmm. And they're minors. I don't want to be a part of that. Right. I don't I want nothing to do with bit. that. But, but, buddy, we're praying for you. Have some fun. <laughs> I, yeah, I'll text you if you need help. Come Definitely. on over, man. You, you and I can sit upstairs and watch a, a game or whatever. I, Chill. I, I, I may. <laughs> it's always nice to have a backup parent with you for sure. Yeah. Oh, man, especially because you've been there. Done well, that. I asked, <clears> I said, is there any other parents? I was like, can I have some phone numbers? She's like, oh, now you want parents over here. I'm like, oh, well, I mean, what? I can't manage 60 kids by myself. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You, sure. Yeah. Just Or if you get people who've gone through it as parents. It's a good thing yeah. to do. And 60, like you, you said, morphs into 200 all it's of a sudden. It's never going to be out. that number. We know that. Mm -hmm. um, well, that's what we love about you. You're, you're just like the rest of us. You're a down-to-earth guy. You're a business owner. You own Route 66. You're kicking butt with the dispensary. Five locations throughout the St. Louis area. The newest store, obviously, we've talked about it, 270 in Manchester, in De Pere. The Ostera product line throughout stores across the state. You kick butt. We promote it every week when it comes to different kind of products. Patrick is one of the best I've ever seen at explaining things. I don't know if there's anybody better uh, in the state at explaining and especially the style that he does it. Uh, today, we're talking about business. And I've told you this. I've had several people, Ham, tell me, we'd love to hear Ham talk about business, entrepreneurship, um, what it's like to go through some of these things. Obviously, in business, we see successes, the top of the iceberg. Of course, you don't see everything that's below the water that took to get to the top of the iceberg. One of those things that you said you want to talk about today was, you know, struggles, entrepreneurship it's not easy uh advice for people who are looking at doing certain things and where we are right now in 2023 right. heading into 2024 no it's <clears throat> i think it's a very important topic to talk about because i hate to say it but when people come over to my house today vic you've been there many times they see that and they just assume that uh you know i'm a trust fund kid mm. uh, you know uh, <laughs> i got lucky someone just gave me something and it's not true. And I used to struggle with my old house, and it was a nice house. And people would say, oh, it must be nice. And they don't realize like, hard what work. you actually went through. And they don't realize the sleepless nights. And they don't realize everything you've struggled through. And so 
what's really hard is to explain to people in like five seconds, oh, well, this didn't just happen overnight. You know, they're having a cocktail and they're just, you know, they're just assuming. And I'm like, man, if you were just there when I didn't know if I was going to make it, right? Mm -hmm. And I've, I've talked about this on one of your shows earlier, like I think five or six weeks ago, maybe even before. But I'll never forget when I was in the mortgage industry and I lost my job. 2008, it was like right before yeah. Thanksgiving, right? And uh, I came home and uh, my wife was like, what a pleasant surprise, you're home. Said, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh. What a pleasant surprise. I said, why don't you get used to this because uh, daddy lost uh. his job. She's like, how do you lose a job when you're like commissioned? And I said, well, the industry's gotten bad. And you got to remember, I was primarily focusing on athletes. So NFL mm. and hockey was my niche. I was doing loans and lines of credits. Um, especially for rookies that were getting drafts, you know, coming out of the draft. Well, that market dried up, so you can't do unsecured loans. I don't, I can't, I can't do anything, and I didn't know how to do any other type of loan. So, you know, that was struggle. Then I decided to like start a branch, and I went to a company called USA Mortgage, and I started a branch. And of course, my personality is it's going to be amazing. We're going to kill it. We're going to build like the biggest company. And what I learned from that experience was I did not crawl before I walked, right? I went in and, and leased this ginormous building on Main Street in St. Charles, 123 North Main Street, right? 123. What, what a perfect address. I yes. thought it was. Yeah. It's like 8,000 <laughs> square feet. Uh, I went and bought all this used you know, furniture because I was basically cashing out everything I had. And uh, I couldn't get anyone to work for me. So I think I had one person. I was the janitor. I was the um, the receptionist, I was everything. And man, I, I didn't realize how tough that was. I have mm -hmm. all this empty space. I'm gonna, I'm nothing but bars are around me, but I thought that was a high traffic area to promote my business. But the mortgage industry was very tough at that time too. Yeah. And uh, it got to the point where I had to sell my car at a brand new Escalade because I was doing very well before I lost my job. So I sold my car. Mm -hmm. I was driving like a a used uh, Lexus, and people would be like, well, you still had a Lexus. Well, let me be very clear. This Lexus had hail damage on it, right? Like a lot, mm -hmm. but it was white, mm -hmm. so it wasn't as noticeable. Got it. And um, people would be like, where's your Escalade at? Because I had a brand new Escalade, and it was free and clear at the time. I'm like, oh, it's in the shop. I was embarrassed, right? Because yeah. you, go th you go through that. Men are a lot harder on themselves than women are, I think, at least, right? Uh, because we feel the sense of like we want to provide, make our family so proud and happy. And then when you feel like you're failing, it, it, it actually messes with your mental well-being. And uh, so I started parking cars because there was a <clears> restaurant <throat> two doors down, Quan Essentials. And I noticed people were parking in the lots that I'm leasing the building from. And I'm like, well, I'm going to charge these people to park in my lot at night. So I was charging 20 bucks a head. Mm -hmm. Right. So that was one way to make a few bucks. Yeah. Until like I finally got that business, it took two years, where I was not struggling anymore. And I came really close to being completely bankrupt. I mean, I was probably three months away mm -hmm. before like the tables turned. So you've got that struggle, and then I go through that, and that was really hard on my family. Then I switched, when I got that company built up, I switched companies, and I went to a company called New American Funding, which a lot of people know here in the Missouri area or St. Louis. And I took that to a whole new level, right? And we, we built that. But the struggle on that was different because I had this chip on my shoulder to prove everyone wrong, right? That I can do anything. But it took its toll on, on myself, on my health, my family, um, because I was never home, right? Yeah. And when I've reflected back on 
where this chip on my shoulder has come from, uh, it's definitely from my childhood, right? It's how I, how I was raised, and, and I'll explain. So I keep a baby picture of myself next to my toothbrush. It's not framed. I should frame it, because my, if my mom's listening, she's like, why, why is that picture not framed? <laughs> but I learned about like loving yourself and your inner child, and what, what, what formed you to be where you're at. And because we moved from another country during war, Right, so like my last few memories of leaving my country was bombs being dropped on us. Yeah, well, you moved from Iran, correct? Where like all the lights would go out, right, mm -hmm. in the city, and and I would actually see fighter jets in the sky, right? And I'm six, and I would see out in the like distance, you would see bombs being dropped and fire coming up, and my dad kept saying, "We're gonna be okay. We're leaving in a few days." And I didn't understand any of it, right? I just, mm -hmm. I was like, what's happening? Like, yeah. you're six. Yeah. How do you explain to a six-year-old? So then we moved to Germany, and then we moved around a lot. So, like, my upbringing was we moved around a lot because my dad was trying to do the best he can to provide for our family. I didn't speak English. We're in, we're in nothing but, like, uh, the heart of America. So when your name is Hamid and you live in Salina, Kansas, Snyder, Texas, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Davenport, Iowa. I mean, my, my parents couldn't have picked cities that were any better in a joking way, for me, because right. there was like, every kid is blonde hair, blue eyes, and then there's me. Mm -hmm. So until we didn't move to Miami, where like, I was like, wow, look at these guys and girls, they all have dark hair like me, like I feel like belonging. But then they were like, you know, everyone would come up and start speaking Spanish to me. And I'm like, oh no, here we go. Here, here you go again. <laughs> so uh, I, I learned enough Spanish at the time where I could just blend in, but it wasn't anything good. But because of the way I grew up, and I'll, and I'll let me backtrack. So. My first year in America, it was like holiday time, and I was learning about Christmas at school. And of course, I come home and I tell my dad, hey, there's this thing called Santa Claus. In my country, we call it Bubba Noel, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. But Santa Claus in my country is more of an um, entertainer, right? Okay. Like he's like out in the streets in his Santa suit, and he entertains people, and he makes them, like, he's, makes them smile and be happy. But he doesn't bring presents, right? So, and I don't blame my parents, by the way. So this isn't, I don't want my parents to be like, I can't believe we did this to him. They didn't. They, they, were fa they are fantastic parents. So I come home and I tell them, and I remember, you guys remember Toys R Us back in the day? Yeah, I do. So we went to Toys R Us. My dad bought me like this one foot tree. When I say it was like this big. <laughs> and he bought like these uh, ornaments that were like the cloth ornaments. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a strain of lights of like 15 or 20. Not a very big tree because we lived in a tiny apartment in Iowa. And of course, I put the cookies and the milk out. And what do you think happens on Christmas? You get presents. I got no presents. Because you had the Bubba Santa. Because my dad didn't know. He thought the tree and the cookies was just a tribute. Oh. Like, they didn't know any different. Wow. And that is traumatic for a kid that's now yeah. starting to be Americanized. Oh, yeah. You not get any presents. So, that's tra How old are you when that happened? At this point, I'm seven. Yeah, that's tragic. So at seven years old, all I'm learning in school is this guy named Santa, right? Hopefully there's no kids listening. <laughs> I don't want to mess it up. Uh, this, this guy named Santa is like bringing presents and I find out there is no Santa. So I'm like, oh, well, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, so I learned that all the other traditions in America were not real. Like as far as like the Easter Bunny, the right. Fairy, right? That's devastating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when kids would talk about what they got, I didn't have anything to talk about. And I'm not like here to give you guys a sad story. I'm just telling you like, this is how I grew up. So what I did was I became my brother Santa because my brother at that time was one. Okay. So as my brother got older, I had to explain to my parents how the traditions work. So I played Tooth Fairy. I played Santa. I, I hung up the Christmas That's lights. That's fun. Uh, it was fun, 
but the point of it is I grew up really fast. Yeah, you did. Right? Like I became an adult overnight. Yeah. So when I've reflected on why I am the way I am, and it's not good, just so you guys know. But well, you're an entrepreneur. You, you've, but I've you've learned how to out. control it, right? It's because I had this chip on my shoulder to prove to everybody that I'm, I can belong, right? Mm. Because you come to a new country, you don't belong, right? You just don't belong, right? You don't speak the language, really. You can't relate to anybody. You think my parents, like I, I joke early on your show, like there's 60 or 70 kids coming to my house. There was no spend the night. My traditional parent, I'm like, I'm going to stay at Jimmy's house. They're like, oh, no. We don't know who Jimmy is. We don't know what you're going to eat. They might kidnap you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're coming from a country where that's what's happening. Yeah. So I didn't have spend yeah. the nights. I didn't have all these social events. I started working when I was 15. And I know why I did it now. At the time, yeah. I had no idea, right? And, and the, you have to find balance. But true entrepreneurs don't give up. The struggle is real, mm -hmm. but you got to stick with it. And I watch these young, the young generation today, and no disrespect to anyone that's listening or anyone that, it's not a derogatory comment, but these young folks don't wanna work, I'm no, sorry. They, they don't, you're right. They, they just don't wanna work, right? I, and, I, and I'm not talking like 17, 18 year olds. I sometimes will be out and I'll be around like a 27 year old, a 28 yeah. year old, Yeah. and here's their routine. Well, I don't, I don't know how, what I'm going to do today, but I do know that uh, I need to probably take a little Adderall to wake up. Um, I'm going to need my Starbucks. Uh, I'm going to try to be an Instagram um, influencer. <laughs> no, I, I see it. You're not wrong. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but it's true. Um, and then from, from a male side, when I, when I go out, it's like they're looking for someone to take care of them. How about you get up out of bed and do something, mm -hmm. right? Anything. But they're too ashamed to do the hard work. Right. When I have this house and I lose my job, you think I won the park cars? You think I wanted to sell my car? You think I won the cash out of my 401k? I didn't want to do any of that. Why would I? I'm in, I'm in my like early 30s. Why, why, would mm -hmm. I, why would I want to get rid of all that stuff? I didn't have a choice. Yep. I have a wife and two kids. What do I what do? I do? Just come home and be like, I, I'm done. I guess we're just bankrupt. Just deal with it, right? And that's the problem with today's society, right? It's, it's too much social media. They see the hype. They see these influencers. They see like the Andrew Tates of the world and whatever, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And they think, oh, that's going to be me. And then they, then they go out, they drink, then they go party, and you know, they, they think their looks are going to get them somewhere. Well, I got news for you. You might, you might be pretty at 27, 28. Wait till you're 35, and you still are in the same format, and you haven't done it. Yeah, yeah, right. That's, yeah, that's tragic. It so, is. It's so sad. you're seeing these things, and it reminds you all the chances that you've taken. If you're, especially whether you own a business or not, it's one of those. It's one of those matters. Life isn't easy. It hasn't been easy for you, and you have to continue to get up day after day after day mm -hmm. after day after day. Yeah. Over and over and over again. And there's no light at the tunnel. When you're, when you're going through a real struggle, the best advice I can give you is find someone that has gone through it and hit your, like your, you know, your wagon with them. Right? Like be with them. Ask them for help. And I don't mean like financial help, right? If they want to do that, great. That's between you guys. But say, I'm struggling. Like I had a mentor towards the end, right? The last 10 years. And that really helped me, give me perspective. But no one understands that struggle unless you're, t you're hanging around someone that struggled. And what I've learned is if you're gonna build a business, I don't care if you're selling Christmas ornaments or you're selling marijuana like I do, you have to surround yourself with people 
that are above you, right? It's no different than sports, mm-hmm. right? Michael Jordan get to, didn't get to where he's at by, by picking on like kids at the schoolyard. He was playing against people better than him, right? You, you got to play against someone better than you to learn from them and get better. And that's, that's the problem in today's society. I watch it, and, and I'm not here to just pick on the girls that are out there thinking they're influenced. I see guys too, you know, like my parents have money. There's, I mean, I, I see kids that are in their 30s, guys, that the, their parents are still paying for their gas. What? <laughs> I was working at 15. Like, you got a yeah. gas card? No, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, Do you what, think there's a, a lack of mentors? There's definitely a lack of mentors, but I think a lot of it is because of social media, yeah. right? Social media, kids do. They get on it. They think that that's real life. And parents don't make their kids get a job and pay for their own gas. And that's that. That's another, I keep saying the word tragic, but if you don't teach your kids responsibility, they can't even have a good family life later if they're sitting on the couch eating bonbons, so to speak, and looking at their phone. Lizzie is an entrepreneur. Her and her husband for many, many years had several businesses as well. So she knows- Oh, you get it. And, and it's crazy because I tell even my own daughters, you don't have to go to college to be successful, right? Correct. No. But what you cannot do is not go to college and also sit at home all day right. until you find out where the next party's at that night. Correct. That's not going to pay your bills. That's not going to no. get you anywhere. That's not going to get you out of my house. And I don't mean in a disrespectful way, like I need you out of my house. But I need you to like learn how to earn so you can stand on your own two feet. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And when I talk about entrepreneurship, it's not about let's see if you could you know make a million dollars a year. You know, it. Some people's entrepreneurship and passion. It's not just about the money. It's about what they're also doing, mm-hmm. right? And you have to have passion, too. Like, if you don't have passion, then the entrepreneur side of building a business doesn't work. Correct. You know, and I hear people like, oh, I'm just going to go buy a Chick-fil-A. Well, do you know anything about restaurants? Do you even like Chick-fil-A? <laughs> or are you just because you, you heard someone makes money, yeah. right? Like, that's what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And it's just sad. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more of a bumblebee as you would call it i go out a little bit more these days than i used to because the business is a little bit more on autopilot and i mean that in a good way so then i go out and i'm promoting the business where people Mm -hmm. run into me now they're like oh i saw you on the show or i know i've seen you on instagram i've seen you at the store and and so it's a good way for me to promote but then i observe and it's the same guys and girls that are out every night that don't do anything and i appreciate their business but i'm like what are you doing Mm -hmm. do you think school is teaching kids the right way ham no it, it's not i wish not we could do an overhaul uh, of high it just, i mean grade school clearly but high school I, i'm trying to teach my son who is a freshman at mizzou because he wants to start his own business and he's learning and he gets it he's like we didn't learn how to do these checkbooks we didn't learn how to do credit we didn't learn any of this stuff and so he's trying to learn it now he's like we didn't learn this stuff in grade school i was like thank god you're asking these questions and it kind of kick-started me to try to help him to not make mistakes but that I've with made. that said I'm going to make a comment. It also starts at home. It does. You have to, because you're going to assume today that you know your kids are not going to be taught common sense math and common sense economics on how to balance a checkbook. So you have to do it. We started teaching our kids that at 13. And so by the time they graduate from high school, they have a lot of money in the bank because they had to work. We made them work. Yeah, I do the same so, thing. I, you would, I also built their credit up for them. We did too. Their co-signer. I, I'm a co-signer on two credit cards for them. Uh, I've got like uh, a restricted dollar amount because one of them, if, if I don't put a restricted dollar amount, I mean, she's... she's Correct. You just put on a small little <laughs> card. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I want them to have good credit 
And not that I'm trying to do all the legwork for them, but I want to teach them on how this works, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But it starts at home. And it's so funny because like when you see these kids that go do something like a violent act that we've seen in schools and the parents go, we had no idea. Oh, you had no idea? Let me tell you how I grew up. My mom lived in my room, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know how you guys were, but my mom lived in my room. Like she did like an inventory check daily to make sure like <laughs> I wasn't getting off track. Yep. Parents are not even going in their kids' rooms. You know why? Because they say, oh, well, it's their privacy. Like, my daughter tried to tell me that. I'm like, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. But I have access to your room 24-7. 24-7. I understand as you get a little older, you need privacy, especially when you have girls and, you know, they're, they're changing and, you know. The, Correct. You know, they're coming out. I get it. Mm -hmm. I got it. But you're not also going to be stacking something in your room and I don't know what's going on. Right. But it's the same concept. If you don't know what your kids are doing, how are they going to mm -hmm. become? how are they going to become successful in anything they do? But not to let public schools completely off the hook, you would think that at least in public schools they would teach you how to pay your taxes. They don't even do that. Right, you would think so, right? Because yeah. the public school is funded by taxes. But no, kids grow up and they don't have a clue that, mm -mm. you know what, the best thing I've heard is give your kids some candy, really, or and let them be all excited about whatever's and take a third of it away and start eating it and go, I'm the government, that's what's going to happen to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really funny you say that. So uh, when my daughter, my youngest, when she was younger, she's very entrepreneurial mindset. Uh, she started a lemonade stand. And that's she, great. She so she had a little lemonade stand on the corner of my old house. And people were, you know, she's a cute little girl. And she would have our dog out there and she would get like five bucks, sometimes $20 for a lemonade because the neighborhood yeah. was just like, oh, you're so cute. And she was selling it for a dollar lemonade. Then another kid catches on, so they decide to pop a lemonade stand up the street, right? And they were selling it for 50 cents. So she comes inside, and you know, this is in the summertime. <laughs> she's, like, she's like six. She's like, you, you're not going to even believe this. This kid down the street, he's catching the cars when they're coming into the neighborhood and like, is putting me out of business. Wow. I'm like, good lesson. I'm like, well, what are you going to do about it? She's like, I'm going to undercut my prices. And I'm going to put a sign up in the front of the street that if you go a little further down, that you got a better lemonade, better prices. <laughs> that then she gets awesome. a couple of her girlfriends. And I'm telling you, I've never seen anything like this. Before I knew it, there was five lemonade stands. And then like, there's like 600 <laughs> houses in the neighborhood. She was, she was like American gangster. All the lemonade stands belong to her. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the cannabis it. industry. Yeah. <laughs> next thing I know, kids are in my house and she's like, here's your daily allowance. <laughs> and these kids didn't know any better because they're like, She's so sweet. She's paying us. You know, I made 20 bucks. And she was making $100 a weekend selling lemonade. Wow. But she learned on her own. That's not cool. Yeah. But that's a real life experience. That is. Because that's guess perfect. what? That happens in my business. Yeah. I have a dispensary. There's going to be a dispensary that's going to be going a mile up the street from me. No problem. I like competition. But now I'm on the clock. Yeah. I have to make sure my place is always presentable. My staff is sweet, knowledgeable, great customer service. Yeah. And we are driving traffic to our stores. I'm not mad at the other person that putting a dispensary a mile, mile and a half up the street. Mm -hmm. I just got to do a better job now, right? Yeah. To keep what I have. That's all it is. Well, we want to remind everybody, of course, Ham is the owner of Route 66 Dispensary. There's five locations throughout the St. Louis metropolitan area. Of course, go in, tell them you heard them on Cancel This, your first time product there. You'll get uh, taken care of. You'll get a discount. Uh, Route66Cannabis.com. Uh, you've got at root 
66 canna we've also got at ostera cannabis on instagram as well so we want to make sure you can follow those sites check out all of their information check out their videos ham does it the right way they're having a lot of success right now he backs a show back him if you're getting your cannabis products go check out route 66 or look for the ostera cannabis brands which you can find at any stores most stores throughout the state of missouri any updates before we let you go from that standpoint uh, well, our indoor grow is uh, we're going to have our premium flower coming out in February um, because we expanded at our uh, facility. So it's going to be more of a higher grade. Congratulations. So, yeah, thank you. Uh, so that's that's a big deal. And um, I've got some stuff that I'm working on. I'll probably share in a couple of weeks. Okay. I'm trying to get into a whole other world through cannabis um, that I like to kind of talk to you guys about. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been fun. It's an exciting It's an exciting adventure. But it's also a business that's highly compliant. Um, so as you know, I come in here and I'm bubbly uh, behind the scenes. I mean, you gotta you gotta like keep it very tidy because yeah. the state doesn't play. And so like yeah, they we're don't. very respectful of the state. We're very thankful. Um, so we run everything by the books. And people are like, oh, I bet you could just go in and just grab me something. I'm like, no, no, like, I, yeah. no. no. By no, the no, way, no, no. for anyone that's listening, I also pay for the product <laughs> i can't get a free product mm -hmm. i can't that's, that's a big deal right i have to say i went into the winsville location last night and i was kind of in a hurry and usually when you go into a dispensary it's not an in and out type of thing i have to say i was in and out i mean like i said i was in a hurry because i was doing something at the time that was but anyway it, it 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 was really quick to get in and out of there and i was really shocked that i was able to get it done as quickly as I did. Good. Glad you shared that. Yeah, yeah thank you. We, we really, uh, I'll use the Chick-fil-A analogy. Chick-fil-A has it down to a science. Yeah, they right? do. So we know a lot of our clients don't want to be in a dispensary very long. I know it's a stigma. It's weird. I mean, I still see uh, people that are maybe a little bit, uh, have a different type of career. Like if they're a doctor, attorney, and they're ashamed of being in there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you'll see the hats, the sunglasses, they're in it. They've already pre-ordered. Like they don't want to talk to anyone. And I'm like, you're not at a strip club at five in the morning. No, <laughs> you're, at, you're at a dispensary. Like it's not a big deal, right? Yeah. But it's okay. I get it. I understand it. I respect it. But we've designed it where if you really got to get out of there, like you, we can get you out of there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Ham, we appreciate you jumping in. Thank you for sharing personal experiences, my friend. Good luck Friday night um, with your daughter. I'm sure it'll go Saturday. Saturday. Oh, it's Saturday. Okay, Saturday so night. If you want to swing by? You know what? I, I'll text you. My son is going to that dance but with a sophomore Look so he may be at your house <laughs> oh yeah you know there's probably going to be a lot of kids that i know their parents will be at my house mm -hmm. so yeah if you want to swing by well it's it starts I, at 10 right uh so maybe come at nine so we can uh yeah see exactly. the lay of the land a little bit exactly so my friend i appreciate it ham thanks again have a thanks, great guys. day buddy appreciate uh Ham Hamrab, we love it when he comes in. Of course, Route 66, cannabis, one of the best uh, all-around guys when it comes to this business, when it comes to trying to give advice. And uh, it's just interesting. Business is not is easy. great. I love his story because so many people do think exactly what Ham was saying, that you, you've worked for years at it, and then all of a sudden you have anything, and people are like, well, well you got that. And they didn't see the struggle. But the other part about that, Kathy Helbig Strick, Steve Strick, mm -hmm. same thing. They yeah, didn't, they didn't thing. come from anything. Thing. Yeah, Steve talks about that often. He, he grew up in North County, and yeah. he's like, "Man, I grew up in you know Florissant." He's like, "I didn't have anything." Um, 
and then he worked for everything. Same thing with Kathy. Yeah. Uh, it's work, work, work. You make mistakes and then you move on and, and you do what you possibly can to, to keep everything going, to keep the dream going alive. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, we appreciate you guys jumping in today. We always have lots of stuff, of course. There's lots of information. Uh, thanks for the live podcast. Thanks for your interactions. Thanks for letting us know. If you want to come see us tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Wendy's, we'll be there. Um, we are grateful for all the support that you guys give us. Anything else we need to remind people of other than the party and have a great i'll be there and you can see my smiling face i love it see wilson or maybe i'll wear a mask with a picket fence painted on it i love it yeah (laughs) and they'll know it's you that's awesome Uh, for so for pro joe and for lizzie sparks i'm vic faust guys thanks again for joining us today we appreciate you have an awesome day we'll talk to you later